God, what a miserable weekend for the Cubs. Oh, and look at those blue shirts walking up the aisles. Those poor fans. Oh, we feel so <laughs> bad for them, don't we, Nick? Oh, we do not feel bad. We do not feel bad. Thanks for your patronage at Great American Ballpark today. Nick, let's do a show. The Cincinnati Reds did it again. The Reds came back in the bottom of the ninth for a second straight night to absolutely stun the Chicago Cubs at Great American Ballpark. We will tell you all about it on today's episode of Chatterbox Reds. What's going on? Happy Sunday. Welcome to Chatterbox Reds. My name is Nick Kirby. You are listening to the Daily Home for live post-game shows after every Reds game on YouTube and podcasts like you're listening to right now, always available bright and early the morning after every Reds game, and that includes weekends like we're doing right now. You don't have to wait till Monday to get your fix of Reds baseball talk. This show is presented, as always, by Betfred Sportsbook. Well, coming up on today's show, myself, Craig Sandlin, and briefly, our founder, Trace Fowler talked about Saturday night's thrilling Reds win on Chatterbox Reds Live on YouTube. I'll also recap all the Reds minor league action, and we also previewed Sunday's series and season finale against the Chicago Cubs. But first, let's tell you about an absolutely wild day for the Cincinnati Reds. We start before the game. Prior to the game, Graham Ashcraft was placed on the injured list with a right Big toe stress reaction. That was what forced him to leave his last start on Friday. It got even worse. Brandon Williamson, who was supposed to start in the series finale on Sunday against the Cubs, Williamson joined Hunter Green, Fernando Cruz, and Ben Lively on the COVID IL. That put the red starting pitching situation in real dire. Carson Spires, who hasn't pitched above double A, will start on Sunday against the Cubs, and then it's likely Brett Kennedy, Connor Phillips, and Lyon Richardson starting in the series on Monday against the Red Hot Mariners. Reds also called up Chasen Sharif from AAA. Reds pitching, needless to say, was in a pickle. So that put a lot of pressure on Andrew Abbott on Saturday night. Abbott came in really struggling. He had a 6.67 ERA over his last six starts. Abbott just really had appeared to be battling fatigue his last couple times out, but none of that mattered on Saturday night as Andrew Abbott absolutely delivered for the Cincinnati Reds. Abbott did not allow a run through the first six innings. He did come back out in the seventh and gave up a solo home run. Unfortunately, that put the Reds down 1-0 as the Reds' offense just once again could not score against the starting pitcher. More on that in a moment. But Abbott's final line was spectacular. Six and a third innings pitched. Four hits, one run, two walks, and five strikeouts. An absolutely heroic performance from Andrew Abbott. Reds offense, they got a lot of hits in this game. They had seven hits off Cubs starter Javier Assad, but the Reds made five outs on the base pass, and they just missed on several big opportunities as Assad cruise through eight scoreless innings. The Reds' bullpen, though, 
was nails again. Buck Farmer got two outs in the seventh after Abbott departed. Sam Mole pitched a scoreless ninth inning. But in the eighth inning, it was T.J. Antone making his first appearance since August 24th, 2021. That is over two years ago. Here's what T.J. Antone had to say before the game. Exciting, nervous, you know, all the normal emotions. Almost feels a little bit like a debut again. Um, and at the same time, a little bit like like home. Uh, go back in the clubhouse, see the guys I know. Um, you know, get the hugs, get the congratulations. You know, it's a, it's a big uh, accomplishment to to come back from a second Tommy John. And so, um, yeah, kind of those are all the emotions. You know, I had those conversations with my wife. I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I can keep going. This hurts, you know. And um, she encouraged me and pushed me. And Sorry. <clears throat> There's a lot of people that helped me along the way. And, uh, you know, thank you to all those people. And uh, it's been a wild ride. But, you know, I kept the focus here. And then Anton would go on to pitch a scoreless inning, capped off by a strikeout of Ian Happ. Well, the Reds once again trailed by a run going into the bottom of the ninth. Felt like absolute deja vu. But Jake Fraley, he led off the inning with a double. Harrison Bader came into pinch run. Bader stole third base. The Cubs tried to challenge that Bader came off the bag briefly, but the challenge failed. TJ Frieda walked. Spencer Steer was hit by a pitch, and that brought Ellie De La Cruz to the plate with the bases loaded, no outs, Reds trailing 1-0. And Ellie absolutely delivered. He smoked a single at 110.7 off the bat. That tied the game up at 1. The ball was literally hit too hard to score the winning run as uh, Friedel had to hold at third base. Nick Martini, the next batter, hit a short flyout was just too short to score Friedel, and that brought new red Hunter Renfro to the plate. Renfro was able to beat out a potential double play, almost an incredible turn by the Cubs, but nonetheless, Red scored the winning run. Reds win 2-1 and absolutely shock the Chicago Cubs for a second straight night. Here's what Reds manager David Bell had to say. Last two games, can you put it into words? Guys just stepping up and doing what it takes to win. Uh, Andrew Abbott tonight, probably the biggest start of the year for all kinds of reasons. And, uh, you know, he, he knew that. You know, there's some pressure to that. And he he went out with his best fastball, um, I think, of the year and just uh, gave us exactly what we needed. When you say pressure being on, is it all the injuries, every, all the starting pitching injuries COVID, etc i mean that yeah, was... maybe it's not the right word but yeah i mean we, there, there's uh um you know both teams are are challenged in different ways so um but yeah we didn't have a, a lot of availability out of the bullpen um again enough to to get a win and um but andrew knew that and and he knew what he he needed to do and um and he's deep into his first season and gave us everything tonight it was just a great start did you take us through that ninth <clears throat> inning? Uh, the bader steal was that one on his own ellie big hit and then you know for infro doesn't beat it out it's exactly probably still playing right now great at bat by by tj um obviously jake started it off he's it's been so nice having jake back uh with our team and um contributing like he is but 
I don't. I mean, maybe. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, all of those things were, were were contributed. I think you look at the base running um, early in the game. I thought the Cubs did a really nice job of stopping us on the bases. Uh, we've been an aggressive team. We've we've uh, relied on our base running. They did a great job of uh, you know um, being prepared for that, and they shut us down. In the ninth there, um, I thought maybe the key to the inning was Harrison Bader, um, knowing all of that, how the rest of the game went, stepped up and just had a huge stolen base right there. When you, you know, when you absolutely need it most, you get thrown out there. Um, you know, we're we're talking about a different game here, so that's what it takes, and uh, that's why we're, we're going to continue to be aggressive. And then Hunter Renfro, right out of the box, um, running hard, um, ends up beating it out. Um, you know, we, we noticed this stuff, but Harrison Bader uh, didn't start the game. You know, he's used to playing a lot, just has had an incredible attitude since he's been here. He was getting ready from, like, the fifth inning on, ready for that opportunity. Helmet on, you know, stretching out, like, he was he was ready for that. And that kind of attitude is, uh, um, you know, he's, he's fitting in well here. And here's what the hero of the night, Andrew Abbott, had to say about his Big start on Saturday. The way it's been going down with all the injuries and COVID, do you feel like you're one of the last men standing on the pitching staff? And how, with that in mind, how important was the start from you tonight? You know, I think we all know it's a big series. So I think just trying to go back to like who we were as a team really i think everybody kind of just you know trying to play defense while trying to put good at bats together you know work the pitchers and you know for me it was just about going back to who i was at the beginning really and i think today was a great first step um you know i had some rough ones before but i think today was a great first step for me personally um and i'm glad to see that we got the win out after everybody kind of coming up clutch in the ninth what does getting back to you in the beginning mean? What are, you know, just like confidence and and having everything kind of be on time. You know, been out of time mechanically, and you know some you know perception changes that I've had, and you know it's not going to always be easy, and I've come to accept that. But I know I'm good, and I know I can compete. What about the play you made defensively? Where does that? I'll wreck him for sure. <laughs> Uh, you know, <laughs> it, I mean, it's a do or die play. Marte, you know, I think in that moment he was in, he was set up to make the play. But I think if I didn't make it, he was going to be safe, and that's kind of just why I went after it. Um, it's just a do or die play. If I get him, it's cool. If you don't, then you know it's still decently cool. There were three plays made tonight by pitchers. Yeah, Buck had another one, yeah. and then uh, what was what's the third? I, Mall getting to the back. Yeah, yeah. Being yeah. Um, magical yeah. to first. Yeah. They're all big moments, too. They all kind of sway momentum back towards us. Pitchers are athletes, though. Absolutely. Were you? Yeah, Duarte last night, too. Were you surprised that Ken Delario was able to hit that pitch out? Because it looked like a pretty good pitch. Almost like he golfed it out. Yeah, I mean, I, I executed where we wanted to go with it, and, you know, he just put a good swing on it. I mean, that's. You know, it's, that's why he's up here in the in MLB. You know, you just tip your cap and kind of move on. And, you know, unfortunately, that was the end of my night. But, you know, I can live with that, knowing that I executed what I was trying to do, and he just put a good swing on it. What was the emotion like watching the night then? <laughs> well, me, Buck, and uh, TJ were in the training room doing recovery, and everyone's clapping. And we're like, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? And, you know, <laughs> they, the, they have the delay on the TVs. So everyone knew, but we were sitting there still watching the – like the behind feed, so we're like, what, what's, what happened? He's like, oh, steer got hit. It's like, okay, and then the Ellie single tied it, and we're like, oh, that's nice. And then the hunter <clears throat> beating out the throw to win the game. We didn't know, but five, six seconds after it happened, and everybody's coming in there cheering, and then we just started joining in. We're like, oh, let's go, it's big time.
But yeah, it's a cool moment for sure. Well, the Reds aren't dead yet in the NL wildcard race. Here is where things stand on Sunday morning. Phillies continue to hold the first wildcard spot. They've got a four and a half game cushion. Cubs have a hold the second wildcard spot. They have a two game cushion. But the Reds are now in a three way tie with the Diamondbacks and the Giants for the third and final wild card spot. Reds, of course, hold the tiebreaker over the Diamondbacks, lose the tiebreaker to the Giants, but the Reds, they are now within two games of the Cubs. A win on Sunday would put the Reds back to one game, and the Reds now hold the tiebreaker over the Cubs. Marlins can't forget about them, though. They've won their third straight game on Saturday. They're now back above 569 and 67, and they're just one game behind the Reds, the Diamondbacks, and the Giants. So, Continues to be a wild race, pretty much if you're looking at it um, reasonably. You have the Cubs, Diamondbacks, Giants, Reds, and Marlins. You have five teams fighting for two spots, all within three games of each other. So expect a wild final month of the season. All right. Well, here's myself, my friend Craig Sandlin joining us for a second straight night, and then Trace Fowler popped in for a little bit talking about the Reds' thrilling win over the Cubs on Saturday night. The Reds just stole a baseball game from the Chicago Cubs again. How about that, folks? Oh, man, what a tough time to be a Cubs fan. You come to Cincinnati, you think you've won all three games, and you're one and two. (laughs) Oh, Craig, what a time to be alive. I mean, it was literally deja vu. It was literally the exact same situation <laughs> as the night before. The Reds made a billion outs on the base runners. But, uh, Craig, how are you, buddy? I'm so much better than I thought I was going to be, Nick. Oh, man. What a way to end a Saturday night. I mean, college football football was on all day. Cincinnati Reds with the nightcap walking it off in the bottom of the ninth. And one of the newest Reds does it. Uh, I mean, so many good stories from this. We'll talk about TJ Antone, I'm sure. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I came ready. I had notes ready to go talking about missed opportunities. And who cares? Because at the end of the day, the Reds are going home with a second win in the series, walk off again, just breaking the spirits of the Chicago Cubs and their lowly fans. Uh, let's, let's try to recap it. If you're, if you're just joining us, Reds were down one, nothing going into the bottom of the ninth Reds made, I believe five outs on the base paths throughout this game. The Reds got a lot of hits, right? Craig, uh, it, it wasn't, you know, one of these performances like the Reds where they almost got no hit, uh, in San Francisco. I mean, the Reds got, a, got a lot of hits tonight. What did it ended up? Reds nine hits. Uh, Reds had an expected batting average of 309, plenty of well-hit balls, but, uh, you know, a game where maybe they try to do a little bit too much on the base pass. Also, you got to give some credit to the Cubs. They made some plays, uh, but uh, Andrew Rabbit was brilliant uh, on a day when the Reds got this just like barrage of COVID injuries and and they are completely up against the eight ball here over the next at least week. Andrew Rabbit came out and threw six and a third innings, only one run. The one run was, uh, I believe, the last batter that he faced when he gave up a solo home run or the second to last batter. He was brilliant. And then once again, 
Once again, folks, the Reds bullpen, Buck Farmer, TJ Antone, Sam Mole put up zero, 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 gave this team a chance. And uh, then the Cubs bullpen, the Cubs bullpen, you know what? Put a little doubt out there last night, and then tonight it happens. There he is. My man, I'll tell you what, Craig is going to earn a full-time job on this podcast. Might not be full-time pay, but it's going to be a (laughs) full-time opportunity here soon. There it is. Wow. Wow. Can you believe it? We've overcome COVID and the Cubs closers. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I, I don't know. I mean, guys, season was dead yesterday in the ninth inning. Season was dead. I really do appreciate the Cubs bullpen. Thank you. I really do. That's really nice of them. Could you imagine if that was the Reds, vice versa, guys? Boy, I'll tell you what. Tell you what. Let's let's just get maybe Trace. Let's get your quick thoughts on a couple guys tonight. Then we'll let you go. And then me and Craig will. I don't know. Just have some fun. You you, you kind of have an idea of what you want to do with the show. And then right. the ninth inning happens, and it really just all gets scrapped. And uh, hell yeah, it gets scrapped tonight. So you might get a, a show, but uh, you got a Reds win. So uh, I that's think right. that's a pretty good trade, to be honest. Uh, Andrew Rabbit, how what a gutsy performance. I mean, this guy looked like he was on his last fumes of the year. Uh, he knew what was going on with the Reds. Absolute dire starting pitching. If, if you, you're just joining us, uh, Williamson and Green are on the COVID IL. Ashcraft's on the real IL. I don't know what else to call it. <laughs> Uh, so that's uh, three of your five pitchers. A uh, Nick Lodolo shut down for the year. Like he knows how dire of a situation this is, how much the Reds need a start, and he really should be shut down right now. Trace Andrew Rabbit. Uh, one wise man once told me one time that if that if he throws strikes, if Andrew Rabbit throws strikes, he's a really really good pitcher. And there's this rare occasion that sometimes he doesn't throw strikes, which causes some some issues. I, I even said it last show. He's got to skip a start. <laughs> I don't know if he can anymore. <laughs> it's time to work overtime. But I tell you, Nick, sometimes, brother, when you work at Best Buy, you work at Kohl's, you know the deal. You ain't giving Black Friday off, man. You you want to take a holiday vacation between Christmas and Thanksgiving, or I should say maybe Thanksgiving and Christmas, you ain't getting it off. It, that ain't part of the deal. You If you're working here, that's part of it. Um, you know, just so happens to be that, uh, I take back everything I said. I, I think that he can't have any days off at this point. He's not going to be able to have any days off. Uh, shout out Connor Phillips though. Congratulations to him. I don't want to bounce all over the place, but, uh, uh, good for, good for COVID to get Connor Phillips to the big leagues. That's nice of him. But, uh, I don't know, man, Andrew Abbott, what, what else you want to say about him? The bullpen's unbelievable. Andrew Abbott was unbelievable. This offense stinks. Golly day do they stink, but they'll figure it out. I think. They seem to figure think, it out with Cubs bullpen, though. I don't think the offense really stunk today. I mean, they had nine hits. They did hit the ball. Um, I mean, there's definitely some concern. The Reds can't hit home runs. Like One home run in three games against the Cubs in this ballpark. Not getting it done. But I think the offense was pretty good. It was just five outs on the base paths tonight. I mean, that's... Uh, Hey, what That's about TJ Antone too? I'm all over the place. I'm, I'm, I'm on. First of all, I'm feeling great. I'm feeling fantastic. I mean, I'm feeling like I'm on top of the world. I went from being so down, so so miserable yesterday. I was why I legitimately had my hands in my face 
while I had to listen to these musicians in front of me just having a great old time at the ballpark. Just like, oh, look at the old power stacks over there. You see, it's got fire that comes out of them at the strikeout. I'm just like, shut up, man. I don't want to hear it. I just want to be miserable. And then, uh, sure enough, you know, so be it. Seven-year-old convinced me to leave the stadium, and uh, everything's been great since. So you're welcome. Nick, I want to I wanna point out, uh, you know, Trace and I both said yesterday, Abbott may need a rest, whether that's extended rest between starts, whether that's sitting a start, whatever it may be. Comes out tonight, like you said, six in the third, five strikeouts all on the fastball. And that was what was impressive to me. All five of his strikeouts were on the fastball. And so you're talking about a guy who may need some rest, and yet he's out there. I got to eat crow. Last night I said he wasn't a dog. He showed tonight <laughs> that he was a dog. He showed tonight he was a dog. Five strikeouts, all on the fastball, two walks, uh, 97 pitches on a guy who clearly needs some rest. Dude's a dog. Hey, I know. I, I got an idea for TJ Friedel, not TJ Friedel, but Jake Fraley next year when he enters spring training. I'm going to, I plan on maybe being at spring training. I'm hope next year. We'll see how that goes. But I can bring a hammer if he needs me to. I will break his toe anytime he needs me to break it. I mean, if this guy's going to play like that with a broken toe, <laughs> we survived death's doorstep. Do you? We all realized we were at. We knew what was going on. Could you imagine the vibes around this clubhouse if if I told you that they lose that game yesterday and then the news breaks today that half their damn staff's out, not even half their staff, literally 90% of their staff's out? Like, where would we Where would we be? I, we would be we'd be so far down in the gutter that uh, that we would be saying basically the year's over. And some wins are more than others. Some wins are more than others, just like that there's losses. There are more than others as well. Shout out Sunday in Oakland. But can I say something really fast about this show? This is the thing that's really cool about this. Now, you need, this doesn't always happen to good people. But somehow, someway, Nick Kirby agreed. I told him, I don't even know if he thought that I was going to say this. I don't even know how the hell this came about. I told him, I said, Nick, we got to do something stupid. In order to stand out, you got to just be, you got to be, got to be built different. You got to do stuff that no one else is willing to do. And, and I, I said, you got to do a show every night. You got to do a show after every game. Every game, doesn't matter, every game. We're going to do all 162 games. And I looked at it and I said, we were, we we're supposed to win 64 and a half games. Do you know how miserable that would have been? Do you realize we would have had like five people watching this show? But your Cincinnati Reds, how many games have they won, Nick? I keep asking that. I think it's 71, 71. maybe. Wow. Two more than 69. Two more than 69. And, and, and a lot more than 64 and a half. Guys, if you don't love Reds baseball, then I don't know what to tell you. I mean, you're missing out in your life. Now, are they going to disappoint you from time to time? Maybe. You know, all good things do. <laughs> all good things do. Craig, when you when you uh, when you watch this game tonight, I have a couple quick questions to you guys because I didn't get a chance to see the whole entire game. Do you agree with Nick? Do you thought the offense looked good? It just was a little bad luck, or do you think that they still are just you know miserable? <laughs> no, I mean, like Nick said, it, it ended up with nine hits. We had seven hits off of Javier Assad in the first eight innings, but I I took some notes along the way. We had so many missed opportunities. We should have won this game three to one without ever having to get to the ninth to begin with. I mean, you had an opportunity in the third where there was a little dribbler out in front of third base and CES didn't go from second to third when he should have. And then you had another opportunity later on. Nick Martini hits a ball with a 600 expected batting average 
that ends up being a line out and we lost two runs there. And then later on, Jake Fraley gets doubled up on a ball that freaking Nico Horner runs a hundred miles out into right field in order to catch over his shoulder, a ball that had a 680 expected to batting average. I mean, sometimes, sometimes you get unlucky. Sometimes it's bad base running. There was a little bit of both today. I thought Fraley got way too far off on that ball that, that Nico Horner ended up catching and ended up getting doubled off. But at the end of the day, I thought the offense looked okay today. Obviously, no home runs, but we had some extra base hits for the first time in what felt like three weeks. Trace, it felt a lot different tonight than, than it felt a lot of these other games, especially during that that the end of that road trip uh, where, you know, man, the Reds were just struggling to get any sort of hits. I mean, they had nine hits tonight. They didn't expect a batting average well over 300 tonight. Uh, I mean, like like Craig said, that Nick Martini ball gets through. It's an entirely different different game. So I definitely think there were some positives with that. Obviously, the the pickoffs from the uh, steer and Ellie, I mean, that's tough. I mean, it's that fine balance we've talked about all throughout the year of of aggressiveness, and that being the one of the main reasons the Reds are where they're at versus uh, you know doing too much. I think the Fraley one. I think if the Fraley one would have been on its own, it would have been like the fifth runner to get. Uh, to make it out on the base pass. I think people probably wouldn't have felt like it was as awful as it was. Uh, I mean, Fraley's trying to score there, right? The Reds desperately needed a run. He's trying to score. Nico Horner made an absolutely ridiculous, stupid play. Like, does any other second baseman in baseball even come close to making that play? I mean, he made that play like falling down, throwing it. So I, I think a lot of it really just started stacking up. And then TJ Friedel, I mean, it was a caught stealing, but there's two outs. That's the perfect situation for him to run. So it really kind of started snowballing. And when you're not scoring runs, it feels worse than it is. And thank God they won so I can say this so I don't have the whole chat just telling me I'm an idiot uh, because it's wild how if they win the game, you know, oh, my points are valid. If they lose, I'm an idiot. But I, I'm just kidding. I love you guys. Uh, but- <laughs> uh, hey, I got, I, got, I got a couple things. What about big balls Bader stealing third with nobody out right there? He got a great jump, and also shout out to him for staying on the bag because you want to talk about somebody really going from, hey, I'm a Harrison Bader guy to being out on Harrison Bader in a matter of two seconds. It would have been if he stepped off the base right there. I was going to read, I was readily going to kill him. I mean, that's probably where I was at. They looked over the dugout, and as soon as I see, uh, as soon as I seen Ross tell, tell him to review it, I was like, did he step off the bag? Thankfully, the Cubs are just stupid. And that's what it was. And the Cubs uh, did. I have a quick question. Did the Cubs even have a chance to challenge that last play since they lost the challenge before? Or is that? Well, you can, you, can't, you can ultimately ask the umpires for okay. a chief review. Gotcha. You gotta so ask. after, after like the seventh inning, I think you have the opportunity to do that on plays like, that. okay. So I saw David Ross out there talking to the umpires. I'm sure they reviewed it. I think it was confirmed. It doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah I think they, they did to review it. And, and I went, I went nuts during the the live stream. But those challenges are just garbage. Get that out of baseball. The 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 guy maybe his his foot was off for a tenth of a second. There's no place in baseball for those type of reviews. Change the rule. You it, it has to be called in real time. No one wants to watch that. What point is we're in the middle of a incredible baseball game, one nothing game. Bases should be loaded, and we're sitting waiting for three minutes to see if Harrison Bader's foot maybe came off for a half of a second or tenth of a second, and the umpire missed it. 
get that out of the game. It's do you terrible. think? Do you think? Do you, are you saying just the initial slide, or are you talking about when Bader was basically trying to stand up? What are you talking about? Well, I'm t- normally it, normally what I've said a million times is the overslide and how the, yeah, the, yeah we're on we, the same page for that. But it's almost like the way that they the, it almost looked like what they were challenging was they thought that maybe he didn't like when he went to like stand up he yeah. didn't step on the bag which is like a whole nother level of just but I don't the, know I mean some of well, it's better being not being an idiot which he wasn't because he stayed on the bag but but again. I'm talking even if that's the Reds on the other side of that, and and I've been consistent on this. I've said this in in actual times where it's been on the Reds on the other side. The umpire needs to see that with his eyeballs. If he doesn't see it, that's not a challengeable play. That's not a play where we go, oh, man, did you see last night when the guy overslid on the bag and his foot came off for half a second, but the umpire didn't call it? Man, that just completely changed that whole game. I feel Mm. cheated watching that baseball game. Like That's the kind of stuff that they got to get out of here. Just It'd be such an easy fix. Yeah, no, I get it. I, I mean, it's I understand where you're coming from. I also understand the logic of of, of getting off the base. So, all right, guys. Uh, before you go, you Chris, can we get a uh, we get a no Cubs go song again tonight? Oh yeah, you want that? <laughs> Absolutely. All right. I think they sing this song. It's something like this. It goes, uh, "Go Cubs, go, go Cubs, go." Hey, Chicago, what do you say? Let's bring the bullpen in today and lose the game. That's not very good. Let's try it again. Ready? Go, Cubs, go. Go, Cubs, go. Hey, Chicago, what do you say? David Ross is a bum today. Something like that. Good question here from Mr. Whisper. What do you think is the cause of the offensive woes? Too much positional shakeup. And I'm going to steal a point that I got. Uh, a good guy, uh, Chris, was uh, messaging me earlier today, and he brought up something that I hadn't thought about. Well, with the Reds seeming to have all these COVID issues right now, uh, players on the injured list, and I think we mentioned last night, I believe that the the COVID injured list is like actually guys that are legitimately sick. It's not guys that are are just testing positive that are perfectly fine. They can go out and throw. They actually have to be sick. Chris set, brought up the point. He wondered if this has been going through the Reds clubhouse and maybe some of the offensive players, you know, were sick and, 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 you know, maybe that contributed to this. It was kind of an interesting thought. I hadn't really thought of that. Um, And I mean, I think it's probably a combination of things. You know, we talked a million times about how it's just rookies that are getting figured out. And we, we mentioned me and uh, me and you, Craig, before, uh, the game ended when Sear was batting about how he's been kind of the one rookie that has made that adjustment. So I think it's it's number one. It's, it's just that rookies kind of the league figuring them out and them having to make the adjustments. Number two, I think it's some legitimate fatigue from guys that haven't played a 162-game season. And then if you throw on top, there's a couple guys that get sick. You know, I wonder if Will Benson's sick. You know, him not starting tonight against a right-handed pitcher for Hunter Renfro, that made me think maybe he's sick too. And, you know, maybe they said, oh, we'll give him one at-bat. I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm just, it's just full speculation, but I did think it was an interesting point from Chris that that's maybe a possibility that, that during that road trip, there was a couple guys that are, are sick, but they're playing through it. I, we, we just have no idea what's really going on. Whether they're sick, they're worn down. Otherwise they're, they're definitely not a hundred percent. That's to be expected when you hit September in major league baseball though. Right. So whether they're, whether they're battling COVID or they're battling jet lag, I mean, it's just uh, they have to adjust to Major League Baseball. And I think we talked about it with 
with steer, but you know, you look at Elliot and he came up and he was red hot there for the first couple of weeks. And then it kind of cooled off. There's all kinds of scouting reports out there as you get more and more at bats in the major leagues. Right. And ultimately pitchers are going to adjust to what you've done as a batter. And then it's your job to readjust as a batter and be ready to hit too. I think it's just a combination of all the things like you were saying, but at the end of the day, who cares? I mean, I think if you keep getting pitching the way you've been getting pitching lately, I mean, it certainly sucks that, you know, you're going down one nothing in the bottom of the ninth. But I think realistically, this team has battled. They are battlers, right? And they've got the perfect combination right now of some momentum moving in to what will be by the end of the week a pretty soft schedule right and so if you can wrap up tomorrow with a good game against the cubs you've got three against the mariners and then you've got what many would say is one of the softest schedules in the major leagues remaining after that right so i mean if you can maintain some momentum during this mariners season uh, series now Granted, it sounds like we're going to have some potential rookies getting the starts there and maybe a bullpen game here and there. But, I mean, I think I think one of the best remedies for the late season worn out uh, feeling that the team is probably feeling right now is momentum and energy. And walk-offs will certainly do that for you. Yeah, and let's uh, let's break it down here for those who may not have followed the Reds news today. Um, Brandon Williamson was placed on the COVID IL, joining uh, Hunter Green, <laughs> joining Ben Lively. Graham Ashcraft was also placed on the IL. If you remember, yesterday he left with a he had a, he had a toe injury. He had a toe injury before the game. The guy went out and gutted through six innings. He gutted through six innings with an injury that the MRI revealed he needed to go on the IL for. He's out at least two weeks. So the Reds over the next four days just announced they're starting Carson Spires tomorrow. Uh, Carson was a non-drafted free agent. Now that term might be a little loose because it was in 2020 and there was only five rounds. He probably would have been an actual drafted guy. But nonetheless, um, he's a guy that has had an incredible year uh, at Double uh, A Chattanooga. Kyle Bodie, the Reds' former um, pitching developing coordinator, put out a whole thread about the guy that I would highly recommend you uh, check out. I'm sure if you go on Twitter, there'll be a million people retweeting that tomorrow when he makes his debut, but it's really cool talking about the journey that he's had. He's had a nice year. You, you, you hope that he's a guy that, that can come up and maybe, you know, there's not a whole lot of good video on him, right? You know, maybe you can, you can sneak one by the Cubs. That's why this win tonight, it was so huge. But then after that, I'm assuming Monday's probably – Brett Kennedy starting the Reds did announce Connor Phillips was getting called up, but Connor Phillips pitched on Thursday. So full rest would put him on Tuesday. So I'm assuming they go Kennedy on Monday and Phillips. And then uh, I'm assuming it's Lyon Richardson. So your next four, four days, you're going to see, I'm assuming Carson Spires, Brett Kennedy, Connor Phillips and Lyon Richardson. And then the Reds thankfully have an off day. The Reds are hoping to get Hunter Green back next Friday for the first game of the Cardinals series. Um, then Andrew Abbott's turn would come back up. And then you're also hoping maybe Brandon Williamson could come back for that final game of the Cardinals series. So I think at least if you survive 
through next Thursday, you have a chance of maybe kind of getting back to at least a similar rotation. Me and Craig were talking about it. There are a lot of off days in September, so you can manipulate the, the rotation a little bit. You can get by with three and four starters and maybe even some bullpen games or, or whatever else you need to do. Uh, but this was a huge win tonight when you're staring down <laughs> these next four days. But, hey, you never know. Baseball's a funny, funny game. We've seen the Reds lose games this year that they had no business losing. We've saw the Reds win a lot of games this year that they had no business winning. So we'll have to see how it plays out. But this was a huge win tonight to at least kind of, all right, take a deep breath, see if we can we can manage our way through these next four games. Yeah, and I admittedly don't know a whole lot about Carson Spires. Um, I'm not sure how much uh, other people in the chat know or how much you know. Um, a couple of things stick out to me just doing some very brief research into Carson Spires. Um, played at Clemson, was a uh, two-way player pitched, and then also played third base. During his collegiate career, as far as I can see, did not start a game on the mound at all. Um, and then once he was drafted, seemed to be converted into a bit of a starter. Um, in 2021, started 20 games, pitched in 25. 2022, started 23 games, pitched in 27. And then this year, interestingly enough, Nick, started nine games, even though he's appeared in 28. And so he's come out of the bullpen 19 times as well. Um, now, obviously, there's potential opportunities there that maybe he's coming in after an opener or, or you know, a, a major leaguer getting a rehab start or whatever it may be. But, you know, uh, 28 games, only 83 innings uh, certainly makes it seem as if he's been spending some time coming in out of the bullpen. Well, his last several outings have been five innings, five innings, six innings, six and two thirds, five and a third, five, five. So uh, of late, he's been, you know, extended out pretty well. He's a guy that can strike a guy a lot, a lot of guys out, but he also does struggle with command. Expect a lot of that with with Connor Phillips as well coming up, uh, you know. But hey, look, he's a guy that's got some talent. He's a guy that again, we've how many times have we saw? You know, we saw um, the Adon guy from the Nationals kind of come up, you know, as a spot start. And you know, when 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 you're coming up in that that situation, you know, teams don't have as much video and stuff like that. You know, hey, maybe you can you can get by, you know, a little bit of spoken mirrors and we'll take if anybody we can get them. But again, that is why this win was so huge. Let's run through some of the performers tonight. Start off with Ellie De La Cruz. Uh game two last night, as bad as you can have, the golden sombrero, 0 for four, um, four strikeouts tonight, three hits, and came up in the most crucial spot in the game maybe the most crucial spot in the red season, almost at least up there. Right. And absolutely smoked the ball. One ten point seven off the bat. I don't have a graphic, but we're going to go ahead and call that our deep drive of the day presented by deep South commodities. DSC is a leader in renewable commodities for biofuel production, specializing in used cooking oil collection, aggregation and sales. Visit www.deepsouthcommodities.com. Com. Thanks, as always, to our friends at Deep South Commodities. But again, one ten point seven off the bat. Huge bounce back day for Ellie. Did struggle a little bit in the field today. Got picked off, but he did hit the ball. He did put the ball in play today, uh, and that's a good good sign of seeing the Reds desperately, desperately need this guy to please just get hot for a couple weeks. Um, and he's capable of it. We know he's capable of it. Yeah, we've seen him get hot, and we know that he can. I think one of the things that 
spoke the most to me. The Reds clearly had a, a plan today coming in to try and attack Javier Assad early in the count. Um, Ellie's first at bat, first pitch, curveball, single right back up the middle, right? I mean, that's a good sign out of a guy that's struggling. His second at bat gets that little flare down the left field line, only 63 miles an hour off the bat, turns into a double, right? This is why baseball is funny. Um, strikes out in the seventh, but then, like you said, 110.7 off the bat in a clutch RBI uh, to tie up the game. And, uh, yeah, if he can get hot along with Steer staying hot, CES seems to be warming up a little bit. Um, there's a potential there that you could have a number of, of guys offensively getting hot at the same time. And realistically, regardless of what happens on the mound, an opportunity there, if your offense is hot, you can win ball games. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, huge day. Spencer Steer, another good day. Looked incredibly comfortable to play another two-hit day. Christian and Carnassian and Strand doubled. Do you have anything on those guys, or should we move on to Jake Fraley? Uh, we talked on Steer earlier with his ability to drive ball the other way, hit the ball back up the middle. I think that's a really good indication of how we see in the ball and how he's attacking it and making those adjustments. Uh, CES's double was 109.1 off the bat. Uh, so he's continuing to hit the, heart, the ball hard. He has now for the last four or five days. Um, that's probably the sixth or seventh ball uh, off the bat that's been over 100 miles an hour. So he's clearly seeing the ball well right now. And I'll also say, as you mentioned before, seems to be settling into his role at first base a little bit more too, which is going to be beneficial down the stretch defensively. Jake Fraley. I mean, the, the Reds uh, on the mat, bottom of the ninth, he's the leadoff hitter. He doubles. Uh, it just, man, what this guy's doing on a, uh, with a broken toe. Man, it, it's special. You know, this is it, it, it's cliche, I know, but man, it's kind of like you know when when you have like Jake Freely doing this as a guy that that's a leader of this team, and it's funny to say he's the leader of this team because this guy what has played like 250 career games at this point, right? But he's a leader on this team, and you have young guys like Steer and Ellie and CES and Marte, and they watch this guy who's a professional, you know, coming up here knowing, hey. Uh, I don't have enough time to get surgery. I want to help this team. I, I I don't know how many chances I'm going to have to be in a playoff race. And for him to come out and we had no idea what to expect out of him. <laughs> I think there, I saw a lot of tweets and, and I'll be honest. I think a lot of the tweets were very fair. I'm not, I'm not like trying to, to dunk on anyone with this, but I saw a lot of people saying, Oh, he's going to come back. He's going to give it his all. And he'll be put right back on the aisle in 10 days. Well, he's looked anything like it. He's come up, he's hit the ball hard. Man, just what a job by Fraley. And he look again, he may he may only be able to make it a couple more games, and that might be the end of his season. But for him to come back and and uh uh do what he's done the last few days has been just uh been incredible. Well, Fraley was the impetus for the whole Viking celebration, right? And he's kind of embodying that right now. He's toughened through the injury. He's five for nine since coming back with three extra base hits. He's doing everything they would want him to do. I love him being in the leadoff spot uh, when you've got a guy who's getting on base as often as he is uh, hitting extra base hits. Uh, I mean, he's setting up the lineup for success right off the bat. Um, 
and, and getting him the ABs when he's this hot is, is going to be extremely valuable to the team. All right, another ho-hum day for Buck Farmer. Uh, came in after Abbott left, uh, got two outs. Uh, he's having a, a great season. Uh, Sam Mall also another scoreless inning. Again, these guys just continue to keep this team in these games to even make these make these games late have a chance. But TJ Antone, we kind of hinted on him earlier. I want to get into a little bit more of a conversation just because you know a lot of people probably don't know his 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 full journey. But w- when Antone came on the scene in 2021, he was electric. I mean, what he was doing, he was doing like these three inning saves. Like I know we had that one game in San Francisco where, um, where, where he, he threw like, I don't know, the Reds bullpen was like gas. And he went, I think like two and a third innings or something. No, he went three and two thirds innings. He almost went four innings in relief through 60 pitches. And he had an incredible season, but this guy has not pitched in the big league since August 24th, 2021, Went through Tommy John surgery. He had this emotional interview um, before the game. And then for him to come out and put a scoreless inning, maybe it helped, you know, the Reds tonight. You know, maybe it was kind of one of these things where, I mean, obviously the crowd appreciated it. You could hear it. Um, what what a what a just cool, cool story from TJ Antum. Yeah, and two years removed, two years plus removed from his last major league appearance. And you saw the emotions uh, in the video that the broadcast played from his press conference when he was coming back. And you saw the challenges that he went through and the conversations that he had with his family and his wife and everybody about potentially hanging it up. Right. And um, to come back today, um, you know, it gives up that leadoff single to, to Nico Horner. And then immediately turns around and gets Swanson to ground into that double play, um, and probably just feel a little bit of weight comes off him, right? And then uh, turns around and strikes out Ian Happ to end the inning. And you could see the emotion coming off the field. I mean, I can't imagine working your entire life for something, achieving it, and then having it taken away for two years. Um, and the Reds are lucky to have him back. He's obviously grateful to be back. I mean, you, you just got to love a story like that. You see him tearing up during the press conference and see how much this means to him. And um, he looked good. He looked good. I mean, he's a little bit different now than he was before. I mean, he used to have that massive curveball that felt like it would break about eight feet. But, um, yeah, I mean – getting him out there, a couple of fastballs, the curveball is still his kind of go-to, it seemed like, for um, from that. And then the strikeout to Ian Happ was on a swinging fastball that uh, that Happ missed. I mean, shout-out to him for for uh, for the return and for kind of settling those emotions and settling in and being able to get through that inning without any damage. I mean, he's going to be a big piece for the Reds' bullpen to have. Uh, for the next several weeks. Um, it's really good to have him back. Well, especially with, you know, the Reds going to have all these rookie starters making starts. I mean, any help they can get pitching wise. I, I think it's really going to be almost like an experimental next four games by the Reds. It's going to be, it's going to be like trying to find whatever formula gets you 27 outs, right? 
I mean, you're each day going to be like, all right, well, I think I might be able to get 11 outs from Spires and maybe I can get four from Antone. And man, anyone that you can get, um, any out that you can get is, is going to be huge. And, uh, uh, it's really, I think, going to be uh, be a grind here over these next four games. But again, we said it that that's why this uh, uh, win tonight was uh, was so huge. Um, yeah, and I don't, I, I don't know how much you're going to be able to ask of him early on. I certainly don't expect him to come out and be throwing three inning saves. Um, his longest outing in the minors this year is one and a third. Um, so I certainly don't expect him to be the guy that he was two years ago when we used to be able to go to him in the sixth inning and he'd get us through the eighth. Uh, but just knowing that you have that arm out of the bullpen who can come in, even maybe serve as a setup role down the line, it could save you games. Craig, you got any other thoughts about this, uh, this game tonight? Anything else stand out to you from your, your, your notepad? <laughs> I love being the guy. Time. I love Trace usually makes fun of me as the note guy. So this is nice to be on the other end of that. Well, you and Trace have a little bit different memory than I do. I think uh, if I didn't write things down, I'd be struggling to remember what happened and who hit what and all these other things. So, you know, if it wasn't for the show, I'd probably just be watching the game and enjoying it and not worrying about my notes. But I mean, I'm here to put on a show for these people in the chat we got 400 people in here you think i'm gonna be sitting in here not knowing what i'm talking about nick come on i mean look you probably can't tell but i literally i mean i'm keeping score basically in my notebook i mean i'm (laughs) i mean i've got every at bat here i've got notes of the missed opportunities i've got little stars of things that mattered i mean look we're two and oh we picked up the tiebreaker on the cubs um, the young guys are hitting the ball, hitting the ball well, and uh, look, we've got some momentum going. We got to keep it going. It's going to be tough because we got some some young arms that are going to have to step in. Um, I had a conversation on Twitter today. You may have seen. Um, you know, there's still some challenges and some some frustration with the lack of activity around the trade deadline and. Well, if we have more depth, but look, we were active at the trade deadline the last two or three years to set ourselves up for this moment, right? We were building depth to be able to withstand this. And imagine if this happened and you had gone out and made a trade for Lucas Giolito or somebody else and given up some of these prospects that now we're going to be seeing step into major roles that hate to break it to you. There's been so many injuries. You're going to need, you would have needed somebody to step up regardless, even if you did have a Lucas Giolito on the staff too, because you've had so many guys out through COVID or otherwise. So listen, at the end of the day, this is what Nick crawl has been building for uh, is to have depth in the, in the farm system. I can't imagine that he imagined to need to go this deep uh, to bring in Carson Spires to start on September 3rd. But at the same time, this is this is what you were building for. And at the end of the day, next man up, you got to step up and uh, earn your paycheck. And you know, I think I think you've got the Cubs on the ropes right now. And uh, it sure would be nice to bring in a 
pitcher from double a who i guarantee you they have no scouting report on come in let's get four or five good innings out of him and even though i hate leaning on the bullpen so much even more but i mean get four or five innings out of him handed over to the bullpen against a Cubs team that has to be mentally worn down right now. Got to tell you, I still feel good about tomorrow, even with Carson Spires on the mound. Yeah. I mean, you got a real chance tomorrow uh, against the Cubs starter. I mean, this is their worst starter you're going to see in this, this series. Um, knock on wood, all the proverbials. I mean, Jameis Italian uh, last four starts, uh, 0-3, ERA of 7.84. Uh, he's allowed 18 earned runs and 27 hits in 20 and two-thirds innings. So, uh, I mean, man, if you could just pounce on this guy early, that would be great. He's a guy that struggled with the home run ball. Please, God, let us hit some home <laughs> runs. Like, like they've got to be in there. I, I, You look up and down this lineup, Craig. There's some home run potential in here. I know Jake Fraley's the, the guy that probably has the most home run potential, but right now he's probably just Jake Fraley kind of almost feel like two, the 2012 Joey Votto. <laughs> like, a guy like, that you wouldn't necessarily expect to be in the leadoff position, but throw him in there. I mean, well, no, good. no, just Joey, Joey Votto, like in 2012. So Joey Votto tore something in his leg. And then remember he came back oh. for the playoffs and like he had like a 500 on base percentage in that series, but he just absolutely like could not lift the ball at all. Like it kind of feels like <laughs> Jake Fraley kind of feels like 2012 uh, NLDS Joey Votto uh, just out there. You know, he's still able to be productive, but he doesn't like, but that's what I'm, I, I'm circling back around. I think oh, Fraley's like the guy that has the most home run pop against right handed pitching in this lineup. Um, but you look up and down this lineup, I mean, Steers cape Sears hit a ton of home runs. De La Cruz, Martini showed some power. Renfro, CES, Marte's hit these light tower home runs in the minors. It's like it's I think it's there. Like, man, can we just please God get hot and hit some cheap home runs in our ballpark? It would certainly be nice to get some cheap home runs, but the 12-game win streak was not won by hitting a ton of long balls. We were piecing together runs here and there. So as long as they get it done, I don't really care how they get it done, right? I mean, if the, the big thing that was concerning for me was the lack of extra base hits at all, right? I mean, it's a lot easier to, to put together runs when you're getting a leadoff double from Jake Fraley in the ninth, right? So, yeah, Fraley hit plenty of balls who that were hit hard enough that if it had a 25, 28-degree launch angle, probably would have been home runs. Uh, but I would much rather you hit 110 and get a single or a double then hit 95 and hit it 30 degree launch angle and it'd be caught on the warning track. So I'll take it. I honestly, yes, it would be nice to get some cheap home runs. We've seen plenty of home runs landing in that first row in left field. Um, and it would be great to get a couple of those, maybe even a couple 20 rows deep like Nick Martini did uh, last night. Um, but to me, the, the thing for young hitters especially is to not be forcing it. Just take what's being given to you and take your your base hits and your doubles, and it'll come. I mean, I think realistically when, when guys go up there trying to hit home runs, that's when you're struggling. And that's why, for me, I th- we talked about it last night, you have so much pressure on you over the last couple of weeks and coming into the series 
where if you are up there looking to hit the ball out and hit an eight run home run every time you're at bat, even with the bases empty, like you're going to be swinging at balls in the dirt, like we've seen out of Ellie. Um, we talked about it last night 10, 10 uh, chase outs uh, on balls out of the zone. So I just want them to be comfortable, right? Feel comfortable in the box. Homers are great in the moment, um, but those sustained rallies uh, can really build up some momentum too. All right, before we get you out of here, let's get you caught up on all things Reds minor leagues. Triple A, the Louisville Bats, they won 4-2 over Omaha. Bats now 68-61 and on the season. Jason Vossler had a huge night, 3-for-5, hit a home run, his 17th at Triple A. Vossler also doubled. Jacob Herdeby was 2-for-4. Jose Barrera was 0-for-3, but did steal his 15th bag at Triple A. And Casey Legamina, he got both batters out that he faced uh, with the Reds' dire pitching situation. Definitely possible Legamina. Uh, gets the call up here at some point. Double A, Chattanooga Lookouts. They won 3-2 over Pensacola. Lookouts now 68-56 and on the season. And Chase Petty made a spectacular double A debut. Petty, four innings pitch, just one hit, no runs, no walks, one strikeout. Chase Petty is the one pitcher I am the highest on in the Reds minor league system. Great to see him getting promoted up to double A for their playoff race. Of course, the Lookouts already secured the first half uh, title, so they'll be playing the playoffs in a couple weeks. Uh, Reese Hines was 1-4 for four with a double. Blake Dunn was 0-3 with a walk. High A, the Dayton Dragons, they won 7-6 in 10 innings over Great Lakes. The Dragons now 63-62 and 62 on the season. Dragons are within 3.5 of the Midwest League East second half race. But their elimination number is down to five, so pretty much in must-win mode the rest of the way. Carlos Jorge had a huge night, three for six, hit his 11th home run of the season between multiple levels. Jorge also tripled. Sal Stewart was two for four with a double. Edwin Arroyo was 0 for five, but Hector Rodriguez one for two. And then Cade Hunter, two for six, he hit his 15th home run of the year. The catcher, 15 bombs between multiple levels. And last but not least, the Daytona Tortugas played a double, another doubleheader as they've had a lot of rain, rainouts. Uh, the Tortugas won game one against Dundon 6-4, lost game two 1-0. Cam Collier was one for six uh, combined in the two games. No one else really of note in the top Reds' top prospects was in action. All right, as we mentioned, Reds-Cubs is an early one, 12-10 on Sunday. Carson Spires making his major league debut against Jamison Talion for the Cubs. Obviously, huge, crucial game. Final game of the season against the Cubs. Chatterbox Reds Live will be around 2.40 on YouTube. Our guy Shane Neal will be joining the show on Sunday, so love for you to join us. Make sure you subscribe to Chatterbox Sports on YouTube. Hit the bell in the top right corner. Uh, turn on notifications so you're notified whenever we go live. And if you like what we're doing here in the podcast form, please leave us a kind five-star review where every listener's podcast it can be very short and sweet. But that kind of stuff really helps us out as we continue to hopefully grow the show and provide you more content. Well, I hope that you have a great Sunday. And as always, go Reds.